What's good, family? Thank you for stepping to the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Pace and Coach Murph. And we got some stuff to cover today. There's some stuff I know personally I need to get off my chest. But, <laughs> you know, because I'm a little, little angry at some of the wild card stuff that happened last weekend. But, yeah, we, we're going to start with some NBA, and then we're going to get into the NFL playoffs. And then we got um, um, reimagining our bet segment at the end. So we got some new stuff for you as well. So the NBA. Now, of course, there's a lot of names being thrown around of like young talent, uh, you know, Luca being at the center of that, Trey Young being at the center of that, John Morant being at the center of that. But I, I want to know, who would you rather build your team around? And so I took out some of the other popular names, but I kept Jai in there just because I'm personally a huge fan of his. But would you rather build your team around John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, or Shea Gilgis-Alexander? That's my question for the coaches now. And Coach Pace, go ahead and kick us off. Who would you rather build your team around out of those four? Um, I would rather build my team around... SGA, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's probably doing with the most with the least right now. Um and they're two spots out of basically the play in. Which what is the play in eighth or ninth? I'm... Um eight and well it's really well eight through eight or seven through ten. Seven right? through ten. So they're at ten right now, and so they're in the play in basically. Um and I mean What's his name? Uh, what's the tall 7'3 guy from Gonzaga? Chet? Chet, Chet Yeah, Chet's out. He was supposed to be one of their main guys. And he's just averaging 35 and 5 with the least amount of talent, and they're in the play-in. <clears throat> Josh's team is literally perfectly constructed. Like, the, I don't think you could – between draft picks and, like, signing Stephen Adams and, like, one or two other pieces that they have – they literally pick perfectly. Desmond Bain is a perfect fit. Um, all their bench is a perfect fit. Uh, Titus Jones is like the premier backup point guard in the league, unless you guys got somebody. I don't even consider Dimwitty a point guard. He's like the one, two, slash three. So, um, but like if you're going traditional point guard, Titus Jones is like the best backup point guard there is. Um their coach, I mean, we all know what their coach is. So, yeah. And then you got De'Aaron. De'Aaron has a bonus now. Okay. Yeah. Bonus is a walking triple double. Um, very very underrated player. Yep. Um, then they have Kevin Herter, who's mm-hmm. very slept. I don't even know why the Hawks let him go. That was stupid, man. Well, yeah, that's the, stupid. the Hawks is just what is a young team with too much talent, like too much young talent, and. Honestly, the way Trey plays, you're you're not going to – Herter would never be able to do this with the Hawks. Yeah. But, like I said, they got him. They got Harrison Barnes, who's had a second coming, um, and pieces like that. And, you know, they built – I would say the team is built around De'Aaron and Sabonis now. Um, yeah. But, I mean – I just say SGA because he can pretty much do it all. And he defends. 
and he's doing it with the least amount. And man, it's different. I just prefer SGA because he just don't get it, all the credit that he should get at this point in time. Um, and he's progressively gotten better. Yeah, so, yeah. he's in a running for most improved player of the year, but really he should have got that last year. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's kind of absurd that he goes under the radar like he does. Um. Because I feel like if you put him on Memphis, they literally wouldn't miss a beat. True. Yeah, I mean, he's Oklahoma City, you know, small market team. So he's one. Right. Right. Same thing with, um, same thing with, uh, what is it? Sacramento Kings. If you put him on Sacramento, what's a bonus? They wouldn't miss a beat. So it's like. That's a good pick. They might even be better. Uh, the Kings might even actually be better if we're being honest, but that's that's apples and oranges. But like I said, I, it's it's kind of absurd. That's just my personal preference. Nah, I like that. Um, because it was that OKC hasn't been on national television since Russell Westbrook left, and all of a sudden they got they did get a game here recently. I think it was last week, and I'm sitting here like I can't even name another brother on the court like for for <laughs> OKC like I. Dwart, I knew him because not playing for OKC, but with the team he played beforehand, I remember seeing his name and because he's a defender and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the rest of those cats, uh, was it a, a Giddy? Uh, Giddy, I heard, I heard it. Giddy? I have, I have. Oh, I was about to say. Yeah, I did, and I just, I knew about him because I happened to watch an interview uh, on him. So like, um, but I was like, man, he really doing it out here with like, a lot of unproven talent and no household names or anything like that. And yeah, he's balling. So coach yeah. Mark, what you got? Um, out of, out of that group, I'm, I'm definitely taking a Shay just cause I mean, outside of, you know, what coach Pace said, it's I'm thinking about it as what's the team when you remove them from the lineup. Um, what I like that he brought up was Tyus Jones they run just as well, like as great as Ja is at a, as a player, when you're talking about forming a team, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Ja is a, a scorer. The team run the offense better with Jones, but just because Morant is more skillful, um, you know, offensively, uh, of course, he's just, he's just going to put up good numbers. I'm the same thing with with De'Aaron Fox. He's been in Sacramento for years, puts up, you know, good numbers, but not until he had, you know, Sabonis um, and they started adding, you know, other pieces to the team, drafting well, getting, you know, Keegan Murray in them. Um, He he wasn't on nothing. Uh, With with Shade, you take him off that team, OKC is not in a plan. They're, They're getting victor. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so so let me ask y'all this since y'all picked SGA if you put Ja on OKC do they miss a beat they won't be as good as they are yeah I don't, I don't think they'll be as good as they are they won't be in the play I'll tell you that they'll be close like a spot or two out but they're not in the play and the thing is they can go like SGA could have them at 7 or 8 at some point and we sitting there like how did they get there mm-hmm Donovan Mitchell, you put him on uh, OKC instead of SGA. Do they miss a beat? Man, he's Devin Booker. He Devin Booker before he Devin Booker before Chris Paul. 
Um, yeah, same thing with De'Aaron Fox because they're uh, the the thing with Fox is that I think what plagued a lot of his career is that Sacramento drafted and they were so guard heavy. They never gave him like a true big um, until they they pulled off Sabonis getting there. Um, I feel as though that out of everybody else, Fox would have um, the most success outside of SGA with OKC um, because of the type of player he is, but they won't be as good with, with Shea because of that defensive aspect. I mean, even, you know, Fox said that Sabonis is the better passer out of, out of them too, and there's a a lot of young talent on OKC and there's a lot of mouths to feed. So you can't just go out there and just, you know, be like, all right, I'm going to try to put up 30 um, plus every trip because you're going to lose a lot of those games. So not shit. But somebody that I do, uh, that I wish that, that did make the list that I like is Tyrese Hallenberg. And he's a young star that I wouldn't mind building around either 6'5". Um, I wouldn't call him a two-way player, but he's a pass-first guard, and he's an above-average defender, averaging almost like two steals a game. Don't get a lot of recognition because he plays in um, he plays for the Pacers. But look how well the Pacers are doing ever since they traded for him from Sacramento. And when they did that whole trade, honestly, I thought they were going to ship Fox out and they would build around Tyrese because I do feel like – his upside is way higher than Fox, but um, I mean the man is averaging like twenty and like twenty and ten, <laughs> yeah, this year. So, but Fox is uh, not Fox, but Helen Burton is a, a guard that I would will also be, like to build around. No, I like I like him too. He's not getting enough recognition either. Yeah, him and Eddie <laughs> that common. So. I'm trying not to be biased as I answer this question. Um, Because for me, I was thinking, I was was leaning towards Donovan. But why? You saw him with his own team, and they wasn't on nothing. And then with the Cavs, he's doing great. But they're literally like, I want to say they're the, the deepest team. But when you're talking about like one through seven, they're like the one of the best teams in the league. So for his Cavs run, I give you that. His Utah run, though, like you had Rudy Gobert, who gives you like nothing on offense. He gave you defense, though. And he gave you defense. At Get time. that booty man out of here, dude. We not talking about Rudy Gobert. <laughs> out of here. Okay, because this is the thing. Because the thing with Donovan Mitchell in Utah is that all he had to do was put up points. Every guard we mentioned so far, every player we mentioned so far, all of them have the ability to put up, put up points. And they're better passers than he is. So outside of Ja, uh, but if you, I feel as though that you put any one of them on that team, they will be just as, just as good. Okay. I, I really don't think because I mean Donovan was a, a defensive liability 
well, their whole pretty much everybody but Rudy, because they were just letting the floodgates open and be like, oh, we got this shot blocker, so we're just not going to guard on the perimeter. You put Shea there, he's going to guard. De'Aaron Fox, he's not a defender, but he he would do something. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrese, he's going to guard. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that he, Mitchell is as good in terms of like, you know, best player on the team type aspects that really do something. Okay. I, I'll... I'll stick with Donovan, but slightly, Ooh, no, <laughs> slightly over SGA, slightly, just because, well, part of it is because we haven't seen SGA in the postseason yet, unfortunately. We we have. Oh, well, with Chris Paul? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that ain't. <laughs> uh, so, so we're not going to count D books in, in the playoffs then because of Chris Paul? Look, that that should that should give SGA another one because he was groomed by Chris Paul. That is true. That is Donovan Mitchell was out there getting groomed by who? Rudy. He Rudy by himself. He hey, had the game no. by himself. The only Rudy I acknowledge is the one on the movie. <laughs> so I mean, if I mean, well, Donovan, you know, I think he got some help from D Wade, just like from. Uh, a mentoring aspect but like he had nobody on the court to really help him and he still ends up being you know going toe-to-toe with the Denver Nuggets he still is able to win playoffs uh, playoff series and everything like that could could Shea actually elevate himself in the playoffs enough to be like it's on you or nothing and be able to get be able to beat somebody in the playoffs we don't know that yet because he had one run at it and it was really it was you know, Shay, he's already a young player, but he was an even younger player then. And he hadn't really found himself yet, but now he's finding himself in his game. So I like, I want to see him in the postseason first. Fair enough. That's fair. Because I agree with your points about Ja as much as I like him. And I, I agree with your points on De'Aaron Fox. Um, Donovan, Donovan, I thought is because he's a little bit better defense than Ja is. He's, can be a better passer than Ja is too at times, but yeah. All right. So, but SGA is a really good pick. I like his game and I wish that he was on TV more. Um, yeah. Cause he, he could hoop. But we talked about De'Aaron Fox and, and Sabonis and, and Sacramento. So, you know, I, I look at the scores and stuff like that. And the, you know, the Kings are on TV that much and everything. And I knew that they were doing well. And then I was like, well, let me see what the standings are right now in the West. And I'm like, Sacramento's number three? Dumb boys. In the Western Conference, like, I knew they were doing well, but man, like, so it was Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, <laughs> you know, so they had leapfrogged, at least for the time being, the Pelicans. So I'm like, yo, is this, you know, we're, this is a good sample size enough to be like, oh, okay, well, they hooping. Like, okay. But are they for real? Like, do you see them sustaining maybe not necessarily the third best team in the West, but a strong playoff contender all year long? Or you think they're going to fade as the year goes on? So I would just go ahead and, you know, tip my hat to this because I said this before the season started. 
I said on this podcast that Sacramento will be a playoff team. You did. A playoff team. Not a play-in team. A playoff team. So I uh, think that they will continue to be a playoff team. Um, And I looked at it. So, like, for instance, if the uh, playoffs ended today, they will be playing Utah in the first round. They can beat Utah. Yes. Agreed. I, I feel as though that they're one of those teams that there will be a scary first round matchup, but there's so much parity in the league right now <laughs> that, you know, we're, we're looking. I feel like this is the first year of many where it's just like, in essence, all of the, the you know, threats we used to know are going to be. They're, they're out the back door. I mean, Bron and the Lakers, they're struggling. You don't really threat the team. You threat LeBron, but you don't really threat the team. So that dominance of his is going to is going to fade away. Um, you got Draymond over here talking, giving his concession speeches, basically saying that this is going to be his last year with Golden State. So who knows what Golden State is going to be like um the nets are a mess so you know kd Kyrie, ben simmons who knows what that's going to come about harden is hit or miss so who knows did mb miss his window um so you got all of this so you got you know that's why you see the sacramento the upcoming okc's um so i feel like with the right matchup man i can see them being you know a second round exit. Um, like I I can see them beating pretty much whoever in a seven game series in the first round. Um, but I think second round is their their ceiling. Gotcha. Cause I legit was like, man, I ain't seen Sacramento that high since Chris Weber was there. You know what I'm saying? Like that's been a minute. A minute. Um, they are first in points per game. They score about 120 a game. Um, they're 24th in opposing points per game. So I think they got to tighten that up because they give up 117. Um, but they're fourth in assists per game too. So that their ability to share the ball and get each other involved, like that's, I think, what's helped them. Uh, and I I give it up. Mike Brown's doing his thing, man. Like he's doing his thing. And, and, the, and the players are responding and it's paying off. Uh, but yeah, Coach Pace, what are your thoughts about Sacramento? Um, I just think they they finally got it together. I mean, in a nutshell, um, it was probably long overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, but they made the right move by getting Sabonis. It sucks that it had to be at the cost of Tyrese Halliburton, but you know, you I don't think to- so. I feel like that, that was a win-win to be honest, because he's doing his thing. The Pacers are on the up and up. And they look like they got a bright future. And like, I feel like that's one of the most like well balanced trades that we've seen in a while where both teams become successful off of a, a trade. Unless if y'all think of something. I, I think it, they're fine, but like Tyrese kind of, I mean, Tyrese, who's he playing with? He got Benedict Matherin and Miles Turner and Buddy Hill. I'm not sold on Miles Turner. I ain't gonna lie. Well, I mean, they're about to. He, he's about to be out of there. Yeah, he, need, he, he, he needs to go. I think Tyrese would be better with a guy like a 
like a it sounds like like a Julius Randle, like a score first guy. Miles Turner tries to score, but Miles Turner is not that. Because yeah. Miles Turner will go off a of 20, 27, and the next thing you know, next game he'll have 27 and 13. And then he'll next game he'll have like seven and five. Trust and me, I, I got I got him in my fantasy league I know. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I understand. I am interested on what the Pacers is going to really look like moving forward because of I mean, throughout, you know, this season and even last season, when it comes to that team, Turner and Hill has been discussed in terms of being moved. So when you remove them from the team, I'm just kind of like, I, I mean, it all depends on what you get back for them, but. I agree. I'm confused on, I'm confused on the, the, the Buddy Hill thing. Cause I'm like, bro, you gotta have a shooter. And Buddy Hill, if he ain't gonna do one thing, he might not play the greatest defense. He might not, you know, pass a lot. But what he is gonna do is he gonna fire it. Yep. Yep. And you need a guy up. like that. So, cause Miles Turner ain't gonna do it. Mm-mm. Um. So yeah. And another thing about the the roster for um, Sacramento, Malik Monk, uh, I think was a good addition for them as well. Another player exactly that's you, you read my mind coach Pace. that's exactly where i was going another player that the lakers let go that they could definitely use right now he was literally the second best player behind brown last year and they let him go i i promise you that made absolutely no sense none none so big ups to, to sacramento uh, it's dope that doug christie is on the coaching staff as he was part of the the very competitive sacramento teams at the early 2000s uh but yeah, I, I love to see them keep it up and be competitive because it's been a long time, and and it's just nice to see see them get it together. Um, all right, yeah. So we're gonna switch gears to wild card weekend reactions. So <laughs> don't worry, we're gonna get to the divisional round games this weekend. But I'm just like. There's just some things in life that you just can't wrap your mind around. <laughs> and and being up 27 to nothing and then losing. Like, you're supposed to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, offensive arsenal that you built around the quarterback. You get an early lead, and then you let Sunshine from Remember the Titans come in and come back and beat y'all. And the Jaguars defense, who is not all that, shut y'all down in the second half. You got basically what three points in the second half? Like, how as in, like everybody should have been fired after that game. Stephen A. Smith put it best. Brandon Staley shouldn't even be able to use a company pencil. Like, <laughs> yeah, I said I laughed at that, but I was like, nah, that's true. Like, he would have had to find his own way home. You know, like. Everybody needed to go. The concession stand workers, the custodial staff, the the brother that put the stickers on the helmets, like er, everybody associated with that. The marketing team, the legal counsel, everybody got to go. And like Coach Pace said in our chat, they should just go ahead. The owner should just go ahead, get rid of the team and ship it back to San Diego because it's not doing anything different in L.A. as it was in San Diego. You might as well stay there. You might as well stay there. So I just, 
I just don't understand, like, how do you allow that to happen? You're supposed to be that dude if you're Justin Herbert. Like, and this was a big game for Brandon Staley. And he ended up keeping his job. They got rid of the defensive coordinator. I was like, well, yeah, he dropped the ball too, Lombardi. But all y'all should have went. All of y'all. It's not just Brandon Staley's fault. He ain't out there coaching defense and special teams. They all failed. So if you're going to get rid of them, get rid of all of them. Because at the end of the day, if you have a 27 to nothing lead going into the second half, your defense should be able to protect that. So I understand why Lombardi had to go. But Brandon Staley has to be the one to be like, all right, I'm going to need y'all to get it together. Joe Lombardi, I'm going to need you to get it together. Whoever, talking to the staff, nah. This, we cannot allow them to come back and, and win. And he was like, too, I'd have been livid down the sidelines. As soon as it got to be like 24, 27, or like 17, the, the 27, oh, I'd have went off on the entire coach staff. <laughs> I like, listen, if you all, if we lose this game, all of you are gone. I will make, I will personally make sure that if I go down, y'all all going down with me. So, you have two options. You can either get your pick. We can all get our pink slips at the same time, or you can get your act together. We can win this game and close it out, move on to the next round. So that is inexcusable, inexcusable behavior. So we've seen imposters this year. And the Chargers are imposters. All right, that's the end of my soapbox. Go ahead. What, what else y'all got? I just got to say shout out to Dougie P, man. That boy can coach. Man. <laughs> that boy can coach. If him or uh, Dave Bowl don't get the coach of the year, I'm going to be livid. Yeah. Well, and you know, the funny thing is, is that I I thought about it because we discussed it and said, like, how there's so many candidates that, um, you know, could be considered for coach of the year. And I feel like somebody else that gets overlooked is uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, the fact that he went on a run with Brock, well, started the season, Trey Lance, Trey Lance goes down, then you go to uh, Garoppolo, he goes down, then you go to Purdy, and you, you see no change. Right. So, there's so many, so many people that, that could be up for the running. I mean, um, boy, uh, Nick Sirianni should be in the conversation, too. I ain't, I would Yeah, I, he should be for, in terms of factor, but I when since it's only a top three the only reason why i would keep him out of it is because of what he had at his disposal versus everybody else he didn't really run into any you know temptations like they did um so just thinking of because you know i feel like mike thomas should be a part of it but you go straight to the teams that made the playoffs and if you're looking at the top three um kyle was three different quarterbacks um, you know, Doug Peterson taking one of the worst teams, ma making the playoffs, and then you have um, I don't even know. I'm drawing a blank on the the teams, but or uh, Pete Carroll with with Gino, um, but you know, there's countless others. But um, that don't talk to me about Justin Herbert, man. I feel like he gets the most credit with the less accolade. It's like he's been hyped up for the past 
two years as to be, you know, a, a top 10 quarterback, but we've seen nothing. Nothing. Nothing to show for it. And your first playoff experience, you blow a 27-point lead. Mm-mm-mm. Four picks. I don't care what the defense did in the second half. I give you four picks in the first half and a 27-point lead. Yeah. Stop kicking field goals, man. Yes. Yes. You should be able to score a touchdown in the second half. If you're a top 10 quarterback, score a touchdown. Don't sit there and let watch a 27-point lead drift away like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Against Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. And I, I didn't mean no disrespect by calling Sunshine for a member of the Titans. Oh, you know, that, that, that's been that since Clemson. You know what I'm saying? But Trevor Lawrence is, is, is good, man, and I'm happy for him. And he's taking a step forward this year under Dougie P's leadership. But 27 to nothing, Lee coming back, nah. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Uh, I mean, y'all kind of pretty much summed it up. Hey, Tom Brady, bro, you cost me a lot of money last week. Listen, hang it up. Hang it up. It's okay. Giselle don't want you, and the Bucks don't either. Hang it up. Like, bro, you wasting my time. You wasting. Listen, I look like a hopeless romantic right now. Because I was in love with the idea of Tom Brady whooping on the Cowboys. And you made me look stupid. You made me and your wife look stupid. How'd that work? Man. Hey, he just proved his, his wife right. She ain't look stupid. She was just like, I told you should stay home. No, nah, she – I mean, I, I agree. And that's why she about to take half your money. I hope she do, matter of fact. But anyway, man, outside of that, I mean, everything more. else – Hmm? Man. I saw that. I think it was a. I think it was. I said old. she makes. Them. Oh, she do. Yeah, I didn't know that. I know she worked a lot. I just didn't know she made more. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's probably why he's still playing because she he can't keep up. But either way, listen, it don't matter. Um, shout out Dougie P, Brandon Staley. Uh, you know, I find that game interesting just in the sense that like y'all pay all that money and still can't get it right. Like they paid Khalil Mack, Bosa, Derwin James, Asante Samuel. Actually, Asante Samuel's still on his rookie. JC Jackson ain't seen the field. Uh, yeah, I got Kenneth Murray, a linebacker. Tranquil, he's a decent linebacker. Yeah, I got Eckler. Rashawn Slater, Herbert, Everett, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams. I'm, li- I'm listing off a whole lot of names right now. And, and somehow, y'all blow it. That's and, crazy. To and me. this is what happens when you play your players in a meaningless game because Mike should have been there. Yeah. Hey, I ain't going to lie to you. He should have lost the job as soon as Mike, Mike Williams got injured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was meaningless. I was like. Yeah, they were already in. They yeah, once I found out it was meaningless, I was like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. That was... What are you doing, bro? Ugh. He fractured his back for what? Yeah. But since you, since you started talking about the Bucks, I guess uh, we, we'll tra- we can transition into that game. 
uh well one Brady's gonna he's gonna come back for another season and the only reason why I believe that is that you you can't <laughs> you can't lose your wife for one extra season yeah. you gotta at least go back and do one more that's the only reason why I feel like he'll come back but um I feel like the annoying part of it is that like I understand it's Tom Brady and that the the Cowboys played well. I mean, they played great. Yeah. But the Bucks stink. They always have. And you could clearly see early on that that Brady was disengaged. And even in that, you know, I think it was the last drive when he went out there because they got the a stop or something like that. And I texted a group chat like he does not want to go back out there because he already knew what it was. But like it was just. They're a bad team, so I felt as though that, you know, the Cowboys are, are being a bit overhyped for how they play because they beat up on a bad team. And what all people hold their hat on is like, oh, it's Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady's been bad all season. 45-year-old Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady is like a – it sounds crazy, but Tom Brady is in – if you ask me just by looking at the film – Tom Brady is a, top, a bottom 15 QB right now. Yeah. Yeah, this season, that's how and, he's played. And he might be borderline bottom 10, but he's at the top of 10. Like, it, it's been, like, really, really bad this season. <clears throat> and it's not due because of lack of weapon. Don't give me the concept of, oh, his line wasn't healthy, because guess what? Oh. That comes boy. with the territory. Ah, that comes with the territory. Philly didn't have some injuries. The Rams had the most switch ups in in the line. Um, Bengals, Her, Bengals, Herbert. He had a bunch of injuries. Rashawn Slater wasn't there for at least half the season. Um, yeah. And then who else is there? Uh, it's a plethora of team. Like it, this this is nothing new. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, and not even the injuries, just the the team. What I want people to do is to, and I'm just speaking in on this because in terms of fairness, when you think of LeBron and the Lakers, what was the biggest gripe people was telling him about the last two years? You put this team together. You won it, Russ. Last time I checked, Fournette was meeting with the Patriots when you told him, no, come back to the Bucks. Last time I checked, you reached out to Julio. Last time I checked, you reached out to Russell Gage, who you also got injured. But that's a yeah. difference. Hmm. You put this team together. You didn't want old boy to be the head coach anymore. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't want Bruce Arians to be the coach no more. So this is strictly Tom Brady's fault, and now you got, what, six different people that got fired because yep. of you was trashed this year, and on top of that, you might be out the door. It got so bad. Go, go blow up shit and then bounce that six of them got fired and another three retired. They were like, yeah, yeah, because it was about, I think it was nine total coaches that left. Six of them were fired. Three of them retired. It was like, I didn't know know about three retiring. They just walked out. That's crazy. I did not know about the three retiring. Yes. 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 Because I I saw the numbers and I, because remember I texted y'all, I was like, yo, like, Byron Leftwich and, and and eight other coaches are off the team. And then I saw only six coaches got fired. I was like, well, what about the other three? Yeah, they retired. They just left. 
They voluntarily left the team. Jeez, man. Yeah, so I need him that's, to take accountability for that. Yeah, that's that, bad. That's a part. A lot of that is on Brady. A lot of that is. And, and Todd Bowles deserves some of that responsibility as well. If we're going to be honest. I mean, I think Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles isn't a, he, I feel like he was just a doormat. Like it sounds crazy, but I think Todd Bowles was just a doormat. So the only thing that I really, if Tom Brady played the way he did, but the Bucks defense was like in the top of the league, I would have no problems with Todd Bowles. But you're supposed to be defense, especially. So at least your defense needs to be legit. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. That's the and I don't know if it's just because as a head coach, you know, take some of your time away from shaping the defense. You have to trust other people to do that. I do get that. But you should at least have a stronger defense than 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 what they how they played this year. I agree. But man, oh, okay, what do y'all think about the Vikings though? Talking about losers, like what about the Vikings? They are what we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, the, the Vikings is the thirteen. The Vikings are the thirteen and three Steelers. Man, we already knew what it was. We knew who you were when you got here. Uh, and that's another another team that I'm not gonna get into in too much depth about it because I don't want it to spill into the divisional round. But um, Danny Dines had a great game. Um, there was a great great game plan by Dayball also, you know, should be in consideration for coach of the year. Um, but have y'all seen uh <laughs> Daniels Jones stats for the year? Yeah, like thirty five hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns, five picks. But the thing is his best games Vikings and then during the regular season, Vikings and Detroit. We seen you perform great against the Vikings before. The Vikings defense is subpar. And Kirk Cousins in the bright lights is what he is. It's fourth and eight, and you throw a three-yard pass. Or whatever. Like, and then he said, I didn't like the I didn't like the the look for Jefferson. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I, yeah, it shouldn't matter at that point. I mean, it's, it's this is the ball game. And so I'd rather throw it to Jefferson where if he does make a play, it's a first down and we can move on. Then throwing yeah. it to my tight end, have to depend on him to break a couple tackles to be able to get the first down. Yeah, that didn't make no sense. Look, look I'm going to tell you, Chef, like this. Uh, a few weeks ago, I played Coach Pace and Madden. And I ended up with the Vikings. Justin Jefferson was locked up all game. I had to go on the game-winning drive. I found a way to get him open. Justin, I, I just was throwing at Justin Jefferson. It's that simple. It is. Yeah. He made one. Of, he had the catch of the year when he in a look that you shouldn't have thrown. Exactly. And you talking about I don't like the look. What? You have to like look at other parts of the season, and you still got him the ball. Like, but then you allow Jair Alexander to completely take him out the game because you're not going to feed him. You allow um, it was another game where he had like five targets and like two catches for something like that. You allow these dudes to like get his head out the game early, and then you just don't target him when you need to. 
it, and when he said that, it I had a quick flashback of Eli with the Giants when he was on his way out the door. And then he said, "Our off our wins isn't predicated on how many times we throw it to Odell." Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So shortly after Eli retired, so I'm hinting towards shortly after. Kirk Cousins, you're done. <laughs> yeah. You're done. You stole enough money. Kirk Cousins, first cousins, mm-hmm. home cousins. Yeah. He got to go. Yes. Cause he, he cost me a fantasy football championship and he cost his team an NFL Super Bowl championship. Jeez. Too much on the line, Kirk. I don't even, you ain't we ain't blood no more. We ain't blood no more. Nah, you a stranger. You a stranger. Yeah. Man. I did. I ain't going to say too much about the Seahawks because I think we expected that that was a bad matchup. They did hang in there longer than I think a lot of people thought they would. Uh, They were able to put up points. Geno didn't play horrible in that game. I can't, I can't point, you know, so I think it was a, it was a good ending all things considered for the Seahawks season, considering the expectations coming into the. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Literally, literally in my notes, all I put for that game was (laughs) the better team won. Yeah. Yeah, because literally it was only close because they played literally the perfect game in the first half, and then I mean, but things are going to happen in games, and when it rained, it poured. But yeah, DK did show up though. I will give credit to DK um, because he, I think he had ten for like seven or ten for like one forty and a touchdown or two or something like that. I don't know what it was, but he showed up. He did what he needed to do. And so I think we could cover a couple of things with this next one. And we don't have to spend a bunch of time on this. The Ravens game, man. That, the Ravens and Bengals game, Huntley really field awareness level on Matt must be low because he really thought he got that ball across the, the, the line, the goal line. He wasn't even close. Why would you be jumping from that far away? You are not Michael Jordan in Space Jam. Why are you <laughs> jumping that far away from the goal line? You have to know where you are. And the way the look was, you had two people behind you that it would have been better to for them to help push you into the end zone. Once you're in the air, they can't help you. They can't help you once you launch. Mm-hmm. And then you made yourself vulnerable by reaching out and the defender just knocks the ball away. Like that literally turned the game. Cincinnati could have lost that game. And maybe would have if the Ravens go and get that touchdown. And I hate I, I ain't trying to like blame it all on, on Huntley. He is a backup quarterback, but still, like you gotta know where you are on the field. Um, and that leads me into Lamar Jackson wouldn't have done that. Right. And 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 so I don't know if y'all heard, but Greg Roman decided to step down. Mm-hmm. And because I'm barely right on this show, I feel like I have to brag when I say something that's accurate. Every time we talked about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, I said, this is Greg Roman's fault here because he is creating a disconnect between what is best for Lamar and the Ravens and the strategy that he's laid out on the field for them to work with. So the strategy of how he's using Lamar, they everybody keeps analysts kept saying, 
oh, you know, he built this around Lamar Jackson. He might have built a good offense of strategy around Lamar Jackson, but is that offensive strategy good enough to get you deep in the playoffs? Absolutely not. He, I think he built it of how people perceive Lamar Jackson and not actually what Lamar Jackson is. Bars. Hashtag facts. Right there. Right there. Because Dan Orlovsky is a perfect example. Why isn't Lamar running a pro-style offense like he did in college? Hmm. Hmm. Now, I'm not the brightest bulb in the bunch, but the I mean, the college he ran, the offense he ran in college, definitely won him a Heisman, and he put up, like, 500 total yards against some of the best defenses. So my thing is, like, are y'all really doing what's best for Lamar? Or are y'all just, well, he's a running quarterback, so we're going to make him a running quarterback and have him throw on occasion. Like, yeah, he's good with his legs, but he's also, like, an actual dual threat quarterback. So, yeah. So he has to suppress who he is as a quarterback to be able to fit into the offense. Mm -hmm. and, and you're also stunning his growth in the process because the more opportunities he has to showcase that, the better quarterback he's going to be. And then now, on the flip side, we're, we're talking about we can't – the Ravens can't get any talent. And what I hated about what the media did, not all of them, but some of them did, is they don't want to play with Lamar. No, that's not the truth. They don't want to play in the offense that Lamar is in. Those are yeah. two different things. It's not the Lamar was not the problem. It was the offense that they had Lamar participating and playing in that was the problem. So if I'm a wide receiver and I'm trying to get my numbers, or I may have contract incentives and stuff like that. I'm trying to get that gold jacket at the end of the day. That's not the type of offense that you're going to be able to do that in. Right. That goes down to Greg Roman's strategy. And that's what I was trying to tell people this entire time because Patrick Mahomes, though he may not be as an explosive runner as Lamar Jackson, of course, but he is a dual threat quarterback too, right? And everybody kept saying, well, Josh Allen's, no, Josh Allen is a completely different body type than Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. And and actually that style is going to hurt Josh Allen in the long run too, if they don't address it now, because his body's going to eventually break down. So you are going to do this at the expense of Lamar Jackson's body and then be like, oh, I can't pay you because you keep getting banged up. That's like throwing somebody into fire and saying, oh, man, I can't pay because you keep getting burnt all the time. Well, stop throwing me to fire then. So, like, that, that, that's what I've been saying this whole time. And I'm glad that he stepped down. I'm not saying he's a bad offensive court. It just – he didn't have the right plan for Lamar Jackson. He may have thought he did, but he did not. And so I'm anxious to see who they – who they bring in to really develop this. And I hope they really, they push Lamar, they challenge him, they allow him to be himself and rise to the occasion. That's the only way he's going to be able to get a ring at the end of the day. And that's the only and, way to be able to build talent around him. And they pay him. And they pay him. Because Deshaun Watson ain't out there risking his body like that. Aaron Rodgers ain't out there risking his body like that. Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, all these other quarterbacks not out there risking. Kyler Murray ain't even doing like he runs different. Like it's different with the way Kyler runs than when Lamar runs. I, I I understand that y'all don't want, want to pay him, but like the market price ain't going to change. And I promise you, you want to pay this man before they pay Burrow. Yeah, I agree.
They're probably going to try and stick with Huntley. And, and you want to talk about players not want to play for, for Lamar. J.K. Dobbins was already – like, we would have won if we had, had Lamar. How do you think that made Huntley feel? Hmm. How do you think the team is looking at Huntley like, bro, if we scored this, we could have had the game. Yes. And you blew it because even Harbaugh said the, that wasn't the plan. He wasn't supposed to reach. He was going to he's supposed to get low. Yes, exactly. That's what the play was set up for. He had two people behind him to push him in and he probably would have got in. If not, you know, live to fight another down. You know what I'm saying? Like this third down. Like, where, yeah. where are we going? Yes. Yeah. So even if you got a little bit closer, then cool. That makes the fourth down even easier. Like run it again. Run it again. They got the offensive line to do it. So, ouch, man, that that really made me mad. Um, Miami overachieved in that game. I did not expect that game to be close. Uh, yeah, I think that spoke more towards the uh, the well. First of all, in terms of Skyler, I mean, they were pretty much dogging on in the first quarter because of the drop passes from Waddle and, and Hill, but. Definitely didn't expect that. Shout out to uh, to uh, Vape Pen McDaniel's. I know y'all saw him hitting that vape, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, they they just they overachieved for sure. Definitely thought they was gonna get blown out, but we've been seeing this for weeks. The inconsistency in Josh Allen, um, and uh, the boy need to tighten up. That's all I gotta say. Pretty much. Yeah. The longest tougher. Get a pick there for a second. I was like, I was like, oh shoot, I'm about to get a pick. He kept throwing the ball to the other team. I was like, oh shoot, well let me line up. Let me put a jersey on lineup. Yeah, like I'm. I really don't understand what he's seeing at times. I'm just like, you're just like, I don't know. I just be so confused. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. But yes, those the. That's our little wild card recap here. We'll move into the division around because we know that's what y'all really want to hear. Is the, the I'm really looking forward to the games this weekend. I think they're going to be really, really high-quality games. Um, we'll start with you, Coach Murph, on the – since it's the Giants-Eagles game, what you got for this one? Bro, Philly went in by at least 10, two scores. I'm tired of all this – uh, you know, Giants talk because they beat down on a, you know, a, a fake good team in the Vikings. Philly's defense is better. Everybody's getting healthy. Lane Johnson is going to give it his shot. Robert Quinn is back. Goddard's been back for the past couple of weeks. Garner Johnson is going to be playing. We're we're talking about a, a old Patrick Peterson and some other guy on the side. This is Slay and Bradbury. And we're talking about this this strong front, and our linebackers is better. So, uh, all that running around stuff, and the fact that we get pressure, him breaking the pocket and doing all that ain't you ain't getting ninety one yards, buddy. <laughs> Looking like the white Vic out there, <laughs> I, I just feel like people are just like so recency biased, and they're just like, oh, you know, Philly hasn't been looking good the past couple weeks even though we had Garner Minshew, which changes things. Oh, when Hurts came back, you know, he didn't look too spectacular. And there was a close game with the against the Giants backups. If you look at that game and just thought that 
they were going to go out there and have Curtis prove a point that he's healthy, you're an idiot. That was literally, uh, I just viewed that as a, a joint practice game. Like, hey, you've been out for a couple of weeks. Go get some reps in with your team. And, of course, you give us the better chance to win anyways. So just go get your – you're playing against backups. Like, go ahead and get get knock some of the rust off. And then we go on this break and then we'll be ready for, for the divisional round. He he's supposed to go out there and put up 40 like Dak <laughs> way he did to the Eagles last year and get burnt in, in the playoffs. Like, no, like I'm just gonna go here, do my job, get the win, get some good quality reps in, and then pack up and be ready for the for the divisional round. And so, they, they changed the play calling form too. They didn't call a normal Eagles offensive game because they wanted to protect them. You didn't want them to take any yeah. unnecessary shots. For exactly, but everybody went like, "He ain't look too good." Like he wasn't supposed to go out there and just start showing him why he was an MVP conversation. It's the last game of the season. It's against backup players. Let's just go ahead yep. and and do what we got to do and get out. So, um. Because if he got injured like Mike Williams, then it'd be like, oh, well, they shouldn't have played him and just, you know, go with Minshew. And if they lost, just go ahead, go in the wild card. Like, no, because he needs reps. Mm -hmm. So Philly won't go in. They're going to handle business. It's at the link. It's a Philly thing. So we're going to go ahead and and cook up. We're going to cook up Daniel and them. It is. Coach Pace, your thoughts? I got Philly winning. Uh, that's really all I think. <laughs> I don't really got too much to say, man. Just the Giants had a good year. Like Stephen A. said, Giants had a good year. That's it. They did. They did. Like, they had a good year. Now they can go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about how coaching and being able to use your quarterback appropriately. I think Dayball and his staff did that with Daniel Jones to be able to see that kind of growth just in one season, and, you know, like you, you all talked about the numbers aren't going to be flashy. It's not going to win them any awards, but it's going to help them win games, which is what matters the most. Uh, it's, it was, it's nice to see Saquon healthy and in the postseason as well. Uh, and he bought out against the Vikings too. So it's, it is, it's, it's dope to see them turning a corner, but yeah, I, a lot of these analysts are like, Oh yeah. Giants going to win this one. Giants, you know, and I granted it may be closer than what some people think. I, I could see that happening. I could see the game being a little bit tighter than perhaps um, people originally thought. But I the Eagles are gonna win this. Eagles are. Yeah. Uh next uh for you, Coach Pace is Chiefs versus Jags. Um, this one is actually gonna be tight. Um, but I got the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Um, I think the Chiefs' defense isn't going to get the credit that they deserve, but they've been they've been looking a lot better than what people give them credit for. Mm-hmm. So I think you know Trevor Lawrence is going to do what he needs to do, but I I also think it's I'm gonna trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid over Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson for now. But would I be surprised if you know uh, Trevor Lawrence and then walked in there and won? No, do I think it's gonna happen? No. And what's it? What's game time temperature supposed to be? Oh, no. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, them Florida teams, with all due respect. Buffalo. Buffalo is an exception because Buffalo, I don't know what Buffalo. Well, Buffalo was trying to get the game away, but I think that Kansas City cold and how loud it's going to be is going to be a different type of monster. So, Yeah. I I think for me it's this is going to be new territory for pretty much everyone on Jacksonville squad. Yeah. Um, you always try to see it, you know, are there some veterans there that can get these young folks, like young players ready? and prepare and it's hard without the experience that you have you know all your stars are pretty much young players that haven't haven't been to that point yet uh, so i could see i could see them playing a good game maybe even a, a tight game uh but yeah i think the chiefs chiefs offense is going to be too overwhelming because patrick mahomes is a demoralizing quarterback and what i mean by that is that you can do pretty much everything right on defense and he'll still beat you that's what makes him so special is that you can lock the receivers up you can frustrate kelsey and he's just going to be able to buy him a little time and now you have to try to defend the receivers for eight seconds instead of three or four seconds you start making mistakes and he takes advantage of those mistakes now all of a sudden you're down double digits just like that uh so yeah yeah, um, I see the Chiefs pulling this one out. What about you, Coach Murphy? I mean, it was a good run, man. Shout out Dougie P. But uh, the, I, it, I feel like it's going to be – it should be a close matchup because you have, um, you know, Doug Peterson and, and um, Andy Reid are familiar with each other. Doug Peterson from the Andy Reid tree. Um, but uh, Lawrence is known to make mistakes, and those type of mistakes against a Patrick Mahomes, he's going to make you pay. This this isn't Herbert. <laughs> so, um, Chiefs, Chiefs. I I think they'll I think they'll win about. I don't know. I think it'll probably be like a touchdown. I think the spread is like seven and a half. I think I think the Jags will probably cover because they'll try to slow the game down. But we'll, we'll see. This is going to be a big game for ETN, though. Yeah. 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 I could see that. I could see like a 27-20 type, type game out there. Um, all right. Cowboys versus 49ers. So, like – I, I just have a little bit of an issue here. The Cowboys took care of business last week. They were supposed to take care of business last week. And the, and the reason why people betted against them and, and, and picked against them is because they've been laying eggs in the playoffs with superior talent. And they actually did their job. I don't, so I don't understand why everybody's so hyped that a team did their job. That's what they were supposed to do. Now the job gets harder. Now if they're able to win this game, now let's have a conversation and celebrate a little bit. But the fact that Cowboy fandom was so like, I know there was a little bit of relief and you haven't seen your team succeed, but we shouldn't be getting that hype off of one playoff game. Like Cowboy Nation does not need to be getting that hype off one playoff win against the Buccaneers. Okay. You just been trash for so long that you forgot what success looks like. <laughs> so you'll take any type of success 
that you you can get there. All right. So they have a legit chance to be competitive against the 49ers as far as personnel is concerned. So if they're able to, to get out this game, then yeah, let's have a different conversation then. I don't think they'll get out this game with the win. I think there is a bad taste in their mouth from last year, so I do think it'll be another close one. Uh, perhaps this is going to tell us a lot about Brock Purdy. And is he going to eventually somebody has, he has to come down to earth at some point, you would think. Is this going to be the game that that happens? Are they going to be able to get to him? Uh, it's not going to be on Trent Williams' side, I'll tell you that much. But the other side, you might be able to get to him. Uh, so let's see if he makes some mistakes and some errant passes and the, the DBs for Dallas like to gamble. And that could be a positive or a negative thing, but it could it could frustrate Purdy or it could benefit him greatly. So I think that's going to be the kind of the, the, the story, the tell story there. Um, and also, I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be able to run the ball much, which is an integral part of their offense. Even though they didn't get a lot of yardage against Tampa Bay, they did enough to make the defense respect the run at least. Like, oh, okay, they could be running it here. Uh, but San Francisco, I think, has the ability to make them more one-dimensional than the Cowboys are comfortable with. So I got the Niners by four in this one. What y'all got? Um, uh, this is going to be an interesting game. I, I agree with you. The The Cowboys win has been a bit overhyped because they're not used to the, the playoff success. It's been a minute. Um As painful as it, it it takes for me to admit this, uh, I I'm going to take the Cowboys and and this uh, Cowboys by like six. And the only reason why I'm taking the Cowboys is this that the battling between Dak and the pressure he has because. The 49ers, even though that they're technically the favorite or they're the favorites, um, if they don't win, they're going to chalk it up. Well, it's rookie Brock Purdy. But um, I'm, I went through and looked at the 49ers run with Brock Purdy, and as well as he looked, his competition hasn't been as impressive as, you know, we believe or that his records show like, yes, he's six and zero, but this is, has been his competition since he's taken over at quarterback. Uh, he played the Bucks. They're a bad team. He played the, the Seahawks twice the playoffs and then in the regular season they're a respectable team but you don't really fear them especially offensively he played Washington when they played both Wentz and Taylor Heineke also not a good team they play the Raiders this is with Jared Stidham even though that it was a close game it's Jared Stidham and the Raiders is not a good team then he wraps up the regular season playing um Arizona against David Blaw and Trace McSorley. Right. I think out of all those teams, one of them might be a top 10 defense. I think one of them is ranked number nine, but that was it, like as far as defense is concerned. So I I'm even though that the 49ers defense is better than the Cowboys, I'm gonna take 
the the veteran and Dak to be able to maneuver a bit better versus Purdy facing a defense like Dallas and and trying to figure it out. Um, what works in his advantage is that um, Dallas has been vulnerable to the run game, and that's what they do best. Um, so that's going to be interesting. It's going to be physical. They have to be physical. Um, but I, that's the only reason why I'm going to give Dallas Dallas the edge. And you surprised me on that one. I didn't think I, – I didn't see that coming. I did not see that. What you got, Coach Pace? Yeah, because this is going to be a tough one. Um Oh, I'm going with the 49ers. Um, shoot, I don't know. I just don't like Dallas. I ain't really got <laughs> I ain't even about sugarcoat for you. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Dallas have an opportunity to do anything. Actually, the way my night's going, you know, I'm going to pick Dallas. Oh, boy. Because, <laughs> listen. I can't believe he actually picked Dallas. Can't believe. Amen. It is. I'm. I'm not saying they're gonna go on no Super Bowl run, but dang, you know. No, I need. I need. Listen, I'm gonna pick Dallas, and I'm gonna just say I hope they lose because of the reverse psychology I got going on in my parlays right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm going with. Now, if Dallas does win. I guess I picked them, but I didn't really want them to win. Do it on the All right, last but not least, Bengals, Bills. Uh, we all know what happened last time these two teams played, and um, so it'll be, it'll be dope to see Demar at the game. He's supposed to be there, and uh, Higgins said he's going to make it, make sure he uh, makes the effort to talk to him um, before the game and stuff. Uh, so now we fi- we will we'll get a chance to see this game unfold. Uh, so what do you all see happening? Bengals first Bills. Coach Pace, we'll start with you. Um, I got the Bills by like three. Um, nothing too crazy, but I think it's going to be a dogfight. Like, I don't even think I'm even going to be right about this either. Just because I think it's going to be a close game. Um, and I always say Josh Allen is going to give you one or two chances. And usually, well, Skylar Thompson wasn't able to capitalize on him, but Joe Burrow should be able to capitalize on him. So we're gonna see. I mean, they almost lost last week. They're gonna we're gonna see where it goes from here. But I'm I'm very interested to see. Um, a really integral part of their offense is probably gonna be T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Um, of course, Joe Mixon, but I think T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are going to have to win their one-on-one matchups in order for them to have any type of success. Cause I don't think, I don't think they're going to let them try and run the ball. I think they're going to put it in Joe's hands and try and keep everything in front of them and just tackle. Yeah. Almost like a bend, but don't break defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how it goes um, from there, but I think it's definitely going to be super important for T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to have a big game. Ooh. Coach Mark? 
I'm taking the Bengals, man. I unfinished business. I feel like they was gonna win that game against the Bills. Um, and they should be in Cincy. Uh, but you know, due to unfortunate events, it'll be in Buffalo. But um Burrow's just the better quarterback. Um <laughs> and that that's he's not gonna give you chances like um uh, like Josh Allen will. So I just think it's literally as simple as that, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, like and I know I know this is was a complicated situation, but I felt that because of the way the brackets panned out, that they knew if Buffalo took care of business and Cincinnati took care of business that they were going to be playing each other before the conference championship. But the conference championship is the one they decided to make a neutral site. And I'm like, well, nah, if you wanted to be fair to these two teams, you should have had, if they took care of business, you should have had that game at the neutral site, knowing mm -hmm. that that was a possibility for the divisional game. So like why it, it doesn't matter if the AFC championship game is in a neutral site, those two teams aren't gonna be playing against each other then. One they're gonna one of them's gonna knock the other out. So I, I don't know. It it's probably more complicated, I know, but I, I just didn't understand why they did that. But um yeah, I'm a little worried about the Bills defense after that. But what I do they didn't look good against the Patriots and they didn't look good against the Dolphins. But but what I will say is with DeMar being there. And that being the game that, you know, the team that you play where all that happened, you can't lose that game. You can't if you're Buffalo. And then on top of that, when everyone's making their picks early in the season, I mean, you had a few here and there picking Cincinnati, but most people were picking Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl. So, Joe Burrow, even if he loses, it's like, well, you did take the team there last year. I mean, so you get you get a little bit of cushion once you once you do make it to the Super Bowl. But Josh Allen, you getting this bread, and you you talking about you elite quarterback now? Mm. You got at least get there because Burrow got there without an offensive line. Mm. So what's your excuse? So I, I think there's there's more pressure. Like Joe, like Josh Allen has to rise to the occasion. And then with the DeMar Hamlin factor, with them playing against Cincinnati, I think they have to win this game. So I, I think they'll win. Uh, it'll probably be like a three-point game, I'm imagining, but I have Buffalo. Man, I'm hoping I'm right about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all right, so we're going to get into, y'all familiar with our bet segment, where we, we talk how we're going to get some money this weekend. We're going to revamp it because now we got Coach Pace in the game out here betting and making money now that we're able to gamble in Ohio. So the way we're going to play it, y'all, is that Coach Pace and Coach Murph are each going to give, give us a parlay that they're going to uh, um, do this weekend. And then I'm going to try to help determine which is the best one to go with. And then we're going to monitor this each week to see who actually is coming out on top with the better uh, parlay. All right. So, Coach Murphy, you want to start us off with yours? As the season vet, let me show y'all what I cut up. Now. Oh, boy. So, my parlay bet is I, I picked Joe Burrow to throw um, over one and a half touchdowns. 
Um, so I'm trying to get my my blank blank up since we ain't got no sponsors yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want us to say your name, then go ahead and give us a sponsor. Um, I should have been better prepared. What's wrong with me? Oh, right, here I am. All right, so uh, I got the Jags to cover the spread of 8.5. Um, is this the right line? Bro, I'm tripping. Hold on. You got yours up, Coach Page? Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. I just found mine. Too. All right. So uh, Burrow to throw over 1.5. Um, Kristen McCaffrey to get over 66 and a half rushing yards and Boston Scott to be an anytime score. So the reason why I got Boston Scott to be an anytime score is because he is known as the giant killer. He's He has 18 career touchdowns. 10 of them has been against the Giants. Somebody brought it up to the Giants and they was like, uh, to a Giants player, and he's like, I don't think he's a Giant killer. So in my mind, they're going to make it their duty to at least give him a tug. So there's that. Burrow throwing two touchdowns, go without saying, and Christian McCaffrey and that Cowboys running defense, he should easily get over 66 yards. Okay. All right. Coach Pace, what's your, what's your part line? Um, so mine is real simple. I got the Bills and Bengals game close and five and a half seems a little bit much to me. I think it's going to be like a, within a three, like three to four point game, honestly, if not less. So I pick, and I mean, Cincinnati could easily win that. So I'm picking them to cover the spread of five and a half, um, because it's probably going to dwindle by then. It's probably going to be at three and a half by game time, if I'm being honest, or four and a half. But so I would get that ASAP. And then, of course, Debo Samuel being an anytime touchdown scorer because he runs it and he catches it. And y'all saw what he did last week. He took a 10-yard route and took it 65. So um, I'm going to take my chances with Debo. And then, of course, we got the Philly money line because I don't know what they thought this was but I got Philly winning there's your go easy easy quick lay man so what you what you think in colors JP3 this one's tough the only one throwing me off is the Boston Scott anytime scorer that's but you know that but think of the odds that's where the money's at Yes, he touchdowns in his career, 10 of them against the Giants. And somebody on the Giants already talking crap, saying that he's not a Giant slayer. They're going to give him the ball. <laughs> they're going to get in there. They're going to give him the ball. And he's going to score. Hmm. I feel like, I feel like you know, Coach Pace is more so on the safer side of things. But the money? Come on, dog. The money is where I'm at. So you're at plus what, Keith, with yours? Four, uh, plus 490. Okay. And what about you? Hmm. Uh, I'm plus 1429. Uh, all right. You tell me you want to play it safe or you trying to make that bread, homie? 
Um, I would probably, what I would probably do is I'll probably go with coach paces and bet higher and, and just put more into the pot, put more money in there. And then we'll see. To try to compensate for the, the lack of risk there. I know that those three things are, 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 are highly, have a high potential to happen. And so if I put more money on it, like I, you know, if I put a hundred on his spread as opposed to um, yours, I know I at least come out with, with, with a nice little chunk of change. Listen, I'm telling y'all straight up. Once Boston Scott crossed that line, I'm blowing the group chat. <laughs> I'm blowing it up. Like I told y'all. And I, I wouldn't blame you one bit. I won't, I won't blame you one bit. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I could be eating my words there on that decision, but I think they're both very, I think they're both can possibly happen. Um, just my personal opinion, I would go with coach paces, but yeah. Yeah, this is going to be interesting, and we'll be keeping track of it this weekend and let you, and let y'all know how this pans out. Yeah, I, I got to keep track of who you picking, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can give you them L's for not picking. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least if you're both right, I was still partially right, so. What? That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for, is that you both win, and I still get to look. Oh, at my uh, yeah. I mean, that does make sense, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we could all eat. And so if I pick correctly, I just need 10% of the winnings from whoever I pick if they win. All right. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and calculate that up, Coach Pace. <laughs> Five dollars, but. Fine, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll give me a subway, sir. I'll give me a sub for subway. Um, all right. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us. That's all we got for, for today. Um, we'll definitely be back next week to cover uh, the playoff games as we move into championship weekend. And hopefully our coaches will have made some money over the last week. So stay blessed, stay safe. Peace, y'all.